Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Atheists are completely vilified. We're like the last group that people overwhelmingly agree it's okay to hate. We're regularly told that we're going to hell, that we're sending our children to hell. Our daughter had no one to play with for a long time. People would drive by the house, park in front of our house and stare. What have they got? Fox's book of atheist martyrs. How many atheists have been burned at the stake, stoned to death, tortured for the lack of faith? A little boy, the Muslim, shot him five times simply because he cried out, I am so afraid, but I can not deny Jesus. Jesus Christ, please don't kill me, but I will not deny him. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's Witness Wednesday at Georgia Tech on Wretched Radio. Not everybody is called to be an evangelist, but everybody is called to evangelize. Please overcome your fear and be obedient, which is what I'll try to do right now here at Georgia Tech. All right. There's a young man with more athletic bags than what an average human being should carry on a given day, especially in weather like this. Hey, young man, while you're walking, could I talk to you on the radio for just a minute? Sure. Why are you carrying so many gym bags, dude? Going to the gym. <laughs> what sport? Basketball. All right, so you are a, you're a Christian, polite young man. Yes, sir. All right, so I'm very impressed by your politeness. Okay. Now I'm intrigued by your Christianity. Okay. As we walk up these stairs, I'll be more winded than you, so you take the time to talk and tell me why I should become a Christian. Go. Wow. Uh, it's kind of a personal decision. I think at a point in time, everybody has to come to a realization or maybe a awakening, aha moment, whatever you want to call it, and they say, my life as I'm living it isn't really satisfactory or it's not really getting it for me there's got to be something more and some people they turn to Christianity and so if, if, if I were a Muslim so Christianity is true because it works for you so let's say that I was a Muslim yes I could convert you potentially no why not because what if I could prove to you it works better because what works for you and your makeup, your temperament may not work for me. But what if I could convince you and persuade you it'll work better? You'll feel better, maybe more money in it for you, and better health. Would you be tempted? Um, nah, I wouldn't. Because those things, if that's what you're in it for, yeah. if I was in Christianity for the money, uh -huh. and you showed me a way that I can make more money in another religion, yeah. then I'd be like, hey... I'm all on that. So why are you into this Christianity? You said it makes your life better. What, because, what's it doing for you? Because I've seen um, real-life examples, not just myself, but of other people who's... Um, Wait, could you hold that thought for a second? Would sure. you practice some Christian charity for me and just stop? <laughs> Man, you walked like 800 going. miles an hour. Could you at least slow down a I little gotta, bit, basketball I gotta, player? I got to keep going. Ay, ay, ay. I'm walking slower than I was before. Really? Okay. So why are you, what, what's the selling point of Christianity? What distinguishes Christianity from Mormonism, Muslim, and Buddhism? Change lives. Okay, we, dude, we, here's we, the deal. My we, life is good. I'm happy, happily married, healthy kids. I got a bank account in Switzerland. Yes. I don't think I need your uh, better life. That's your choice. So you got nothing and else I think for me. That that's the beauty of it is that it's it's a choice that you can make or that you can't make to say. And what happens what I if I make that? Are there any consequences that I will experience for not making the Christian choice? Oh, wow, consequences. Well, as Christians, yeah. we believe that if you accept Jesus yeah. as your Savior, that 
Um, when we die, we go to heaven. Uh-huh. And that if you don't, when you die, you don't go to heaven. I go to hell? Yes. I'm a good Muslim and I go to hell? Yes. How come? Because you didn't accept Jesus as your Savior. That sounds like a big selling point to me. Uh, Forget the change life business. I can well, have my sins forgiven and go to heaven? If you boil it down, that that's overly simplistic to me. If you boil it down. Sounds really say, good to me, though. Jesus, heaven, don't hell, yes. But there's a lot more to it than that. And when people try to make it just into heaven or hell, which one are you going to do? Which one is it going to be? One, that's a lot of pressure. Two, it's more to it than that. But it is pressure-filled, is it not? Uh, That's the reality of the situation. And just because I identified as such doesn't minimalize it. I think people are better representatives for any cause when they do it of their free will as opposed to them being pressured to do it. I'm going to try an analogy. Sure. And then I'm going to stop because I'm frankly running out of breath. Okay. I walk by a house and it's on fire. Okay. I'm going to go knock on the door and tell them, excuse me, uh, my life is really good out here on the street. Would you please come join me out here on the street where life is better? Is that really a relevant message for somebody whose house is burning down? Um, no. Is, isn't they the just, most important message, your house is on fire, you're going to die, get out. Wouldn't that be the most important thing to say in my little analogy and... In Christianity, repent and trust the Savior, or he's going to send you to hell because that's what you deserve. Wouldn't that be the best message there is? That's the message. That's and, salvation. And the, and, the, and, the, and the preeminent message. That's salvation. Not change life, but changed eternity. Right. All right, dude. See you. Goodbye. Right, Have a good one. Keep shooting. Nice fellow. Walks way too fast. Nice fellow. Personally, to my ears, that sounds like not great, not great overall theology. If that was frustrating to you, as it was to me, I'm not saying the guy's going to hell. Just saying, I, I, I could, who could tell what Christianity was even about? Theology is important because it helps us to articulate the most important thing that there is. Witness Wednesday. Oh, this is going to be challenging. There's a dude with a. Oh, why do I pick these guys with a pace like this? Hey, young man, young man. Oh, he's got his earphones in to boot. Hey, young man. Hey, sorry, about that. sorry, no worries. Hey, while you're walking, could I talk to you on the radio? Uh, yeah, sure. You up for that? Cool. Walk this way. What's your name, young man? Uh, Philip. Philip, nice yeah. to meet you. Do you know nice where your name you. comes from? Uh, French. French. Yeah, okay. I'm from where the did, south of France. Monica. And where did the French get that name? Uh, it's Greek. It is a Greek name. Very good. Uh, I know horses. I think it is something like that. It's out of what? It's something about horses. Uh, don't really know the, any more than that. I don't know the etymology of that. I was thinking about it. Wasn't there a uh, a Bible disciple, a disciple of Jesus Christ that was Philip? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. But that's not where you got yours from. Uh, no, French kings, French stuff like that. Are you French yourself? Yeah, I am. I am. I have dual citizenship. Is that right? Yeah. So as were you born in France? Yeah, I was. I was Monica, uh, which is right next to the southeast. Yeah. Now, you know what the American attitude is about the French. We think that the French don't like Americans. We like the French, but it seems that they're not nuts about us. Is that a true stereotype? It is. It is. Uh, really? I mean, the rest of the world doesn't like America just because America has a, a better quality of life. No. Do you think that's so it's jealousy, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, that's one of the many reasons. And you have to take into consideration that Europe is a majority socialist and, like, America's majority capitalist. So it just doesn't, uh, 
like the way the countries are run are completely different. So, like when America's gonna go like wage war, well, France, who doesn't necessarily do that, isn't gonna agree with that. So, but the quality of life in France, been there, it doesn't seem to be crummy. It's not crummy, but yeah, it's not as nice as uh, the U.S. I mean, you have to take into consideration that, for example, a doctor in the U.S. has like no wage limit. I mean, a plastic surgeon can make like millions of a year. Loss of French doctor on average makes about five thousand to ten thousand a year. So. Where does the concept of freedom come from? That we should be free moral agents to do our own thing, make our own decisions, make our own wage? Uh, I mean, it comes from a lot of different places. Uh, well, it's an innate sense that every man has that uh, he should be free. And, and where, does, where does that right or privilege come from? Well, uh, the constitution of a country. Actually, the constitution wrote down that it comes from God. That they are unalienable rights from God. Yeah, but I mean, you have atheist countries who still give every man his own freedom in uh, that sense. I mean, in America, but the question is though, where do the, where do you think those rights come from? Do they are they well, granted to us from man or from God? I'm gonna say from God, but uh, how come? Well, uh, I mean, it all depends what you believe. I mean, if you believe that there is a God, then obviously that you believe that every man is free, and if you believe there isn't, well, you believe that every man has a self entitlement to you know claim what's his. I take it you don't believe in God. Uh, I do actually. I mean, it's. I believe there is a God. Uh, Who do you think it is? Well, I mean, Christian God, obviously. I just, I mean, I'm, you're a Christian. Uh, I wasn't. I was raised in France. I wasn't raised a Christian, but I believe that if there is, you know, a God, it's that one's the one that makes the most sense. You're an honest guy. So can I paraphrase it this way? Yeah. You are knowingly just deciding. You know what? I know God exists. I know that He has rules, but I don't want to follow Him. I'll take my chances with death. Because yeah, I want yeah. I want to behave any way that I want to. Yeah, Fair enough. More or less, yeah. The fact is that if I were to choose Jesus as your savior, then naturally your life is going to change. And at this point, I enjoy my life enough as it is. Yeah. So, so a, a summary would be: you don't see Jesus as being more enjoyable or pleasurable than living no, in sin at, for a season. At this point, no, not right. I want to I want to ask you some probing questions. You're yeah. you're a forthright guy, and you're taking this like a man. So good on you for that. Before we get to that, though, we got to take a commercial. You know how this works. So we're going to take a very short break. And then when we come back, what I would like to share with you, Philip, is a piece of information that will maybe help you understand that the present choice that you are making is not indeed the best one. In fact, it's not even the most pleasurable one. So just sit tight just for a moment. Okay, we are going to take a short break. Ah, uh, you're praying for Philip. I'm certain of that, right? <laughs> yes, we're going to use the law. Yes, we're going to talk about judgment and the Ten Commandments so that Philip or you perhaps can understand that turning to Jesus is the better choice. It is the gooder choice. It is the more enjoyable choice. It is the sweeter choice. And only when people understand who God is, what they deserve, and what Jesus has done, do they esteem the sacrifice of the Savior. We'll do that next Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Cups Romania. 
Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. It's hard to admit, but if you're like me, sometimes you get a little bored with Christian TV. Do you wish there was something else, you know, something that could offer you real solutions for the struggles that you're having or maybe that your loved ones are facing? Well, look no further because I'm going to point you in the direction of our series Transformed. Season 2 is available right now at Transformed.org or at the Wretched store at Wretched.org. And Transformed is not your typical Christian program. It offers a unique perspective on biblical counseling, showcasing real people who have real issues that are seeking real solutions. It's hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at The Masters University, and Dale Johnson, the Executive Director of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, and together they demonstrate the sufficiency of God's Word as they offer biblical solutions to those in need. So pick up Season 2 of Transformed again right now at transformed.org or at the Wretched Store at wretched.org. Be careful. Be very, very careful, my cold-hearted conservative friend, because this just might melt your heart if you are a supporter of preborn.org slash wretched, providing ultrasounds, ultrasound machines, and sonograms. Careful, this might just melt your heart. That sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. You're giving love when you support preborn because a mommy sees a baby in the womb, courtesy of an ultrasound machine, and 80% of the time keeps the baby. $28 an ultrasound, or perhaps you might be of the means to provide an actual ultrasound machine if you can. Oh, they need them and they'll put them to work and it'll show some love. Preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 1611. The authorized or King James translation of the Bible in the English language is published. 54 scholars worked for four years on the project. The King James Version became the Bible of choice in the English-speaking world for over 400 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, here we go. Philip, where we left off, I said I'm now going to ask you some questions to help you understand the choice, the decision that you're making. All right, here it is. Would you, Philip, consider yourself to be a good person? Uh, A good person? Well, I mean, that depends on what standard you put it. Good uh, for you? If you put it by Christian standards, then what I do isn't necessarily the right thing. But uh, what I do affects well, it's what I do is if I if you want to say it bad, well, it hurts me rather than hurt somebody else. So if you say good by the fact that I'm like helping out people, then yes, uh, I treat people well and I'm honest and all that stuff. But if you consider by good as more than not, I'm making you know the best of my life. I mean, then no, I mean I'm doing a lot of unhealthy things and. 
I'm fine with that. So. Let's let's use the standard because you brought it up rightly. So well, it depends on what the standard is. Well, so as a, as if you're not a Christian, then you're going to base whether or not you're good by that's correct. Law, but there's something inside of us called our conscience that tells us that there are certain things that are good and there are certain things that are bad that are universally understood. For instance, lying, we would agree is a bad thing, right? Yeah, I mean... That that would be one of the commandments. Philip, how many lies do you think you've told in your young life? I mean, plenty. Okay, so what would that make you? If I told many lies, what would you call me? Well, if you lie, you're a liar, but I mean... Have you stolen anything in your life? No, I don't say Downloading music that doesn't belong to you? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I guess you can say that, yeah. Okay, all right, so that would make you a... Thief. All right, how many times have you taken God's name in vain? I mean, plenty of times. Okay, that's called blasphemy. He's the judge. He's the owner of everything. And instead of thanking him or praising him, you used his name as a four-letter filth word. Yeah. Okay, that's one of the laws. Don't take God's name in vain. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, you don't have to commit adultery. You don't commit this physical act, being married and then being unfaithful to your spouse. If you just look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Well, have you been on the basis of being married? No, the point that Jesus was trying to make is it's not just the physical things that we do that, are, that can be banned. It's what we think. So if you've ever had fantasies in your brain about a woman, then you've basically committed the sin of adultery by fornicating in your mind, not just with your body, but with your mind. And that would be seen by God, too, as a sin, as a violation yeah. of his law. Because God goes beyond just what we do on the outside. He knows what's going on inside of our brains. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, I do these things, and I realize that they're, I mean, I'm fine with them. Right, but God's not. And but he's the judge. Again, like, I mean, that depends on what step you put it on at this point. Uh, I'm fine with what I'm doing. And regardless I, of the consequences. I, I understand. So, but well, God, well. but God is the judge who will determine if you're innocent or guilty. See, the criminal doesn't get to stand before the judge and say, Judge, I know I did these things wrong, but I don't have a problem with them. The judge is going to say, that makes it worse. No, no, that's you're taking it out of context. Like I'm if, sorry. If I do something wrong, I'm fine with the consequence that goes with it. So, you, not something so what's not the consequence like, for well, breaking mean, God's laws? Well, you go to hell. And you're if fine you don't, with if you that? Don't, if you don't accept at this point, I mean, I, I'm going by the basis. I'm going to live a long life, hopefully. You're, you're playing a little roulette game there. I know, I know. But at this point, I'm fine with what I'm doing, and I'm ready to take the consequences that go with it. Tell me what you know about hell. What's going to happen there? Well, Is it going to be a kegger with a, a big hell no. frat house? No, that's not not that's it. Not, no, I mean, I'm worried what hell is. It's just... It's bad. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's God punishing people eternally, consciously, forever. I mean, God himself, your enemy giving you what you've earned for yourself here on earth. No, you see, that's you're, a you're saying that I mean thought. that's I mean take the prodigal son, I mean it comes back eventually. It's just it's not about, you know, right, but it's you not about but you haven't come back. So you're you're still living the life of the prodigal. Exactly. Right. And so if you don't come back and you die, God's gonna give you what you but deserve. But then what's the point of me going to God if I'm not hundred percent in it? I mean you wanna Here's here's what here's where we started, Philip. You think that fun is better than God is kind of the summary. Here's what I'd like to suggest to you, Philip. Once you esteem and understand what Jesus did to rescue you, then all of a sudden, the wise man doesn't want anything to do with his former lifestyle. When you really grasp, when you kind of get downwind from yourself and realize, this is what I am, this is how I behave, this is how I think, this is what I truly deserve from God, and it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God, 
and you tremble at the idea of facing God on Judgment Day, whenever he calls your number, whenever he could strike you dead right now, and he won't have to strike twice. He will strike once and kill you. And you'll stand before him and you'll face him and he'll give you exactly what you have earned for yourself. And that's a horrifying thought. It's also a right thought that God would be the justice house cleaner, that he would make sure that everybody gets what they deserve. And you look that Jesus, God himself, came to this earth to save you from the wrath of God the Father by taking the punishment you deserve by being beaten and spit upon and hung on a cross knowing that Philip would live in this century committing all the sins that you've committed he died for you anyway it should cause you to go if he did that for me I want to live for him I don't want my sins I don't want the sins that put him on the cross I want him and you see him as more amazing than sex drugs and rock and roll that's what Christianity is all about It is an offer of kindness that God would buy back a sinner like you and me. And when we understand it in those terms, Philip, it causes us not to turn to him in fear, but to turn to him in tears that he would be so amazingly kind to save a wretch like you and me. That's the offer for you. So as you go about considering what am I going to do about God, religion, faith, Jesus says, come to me when you feel weary and heavy laden from your sins or from trying to earn your way to heaven or be a good person, because you're not. And I'll give you rest, because he's a good God, and he came to save you and die for you. That's the offer of Christianity. It's an offer of kindness, that you should see him as better than your present sinful lifestyle, and you willingly turn to him because he's good, and he'll save a guy like you. So as you consider this, you were kind of positioning it. You're an honest guy, and you've been really consistent. You just are desiring sin for a season more. What I would challenge you to, Philip, is to understand Jesus rightly. And when you understand yourself rightly first, what God does to sinners who rebel against him, and what Jesus did to save sinners like us, he's going to appear like a better offering well, than I mean, fun. I'm worried about things. It's just a decision that I'm making. And so why would you reject this amazing offer of God's kindness toward you? Well, sometimes you reject great offers and I have to go for other things. I mean, it doesn't depend. Like, some people won't go to college for different reasons because they have other things in their mind. I mean, Because they see them as equally too. good. Well, but it's not equally good. It's sometimes you just see, you weigh out the options and you figure out which one you'd rather do yourself. Like, which one you think is going to be better for... Well, yeah. right. And I mean, I'm aware of both offers. I'm aware of what Jesus is, and I'm aware of what I'm doing, and I'm fine with it. Okay. Tell me if you think this is a fair analogy of what you just said. Okay. It would be like me offering you this water that's pure and offering you, let's say, contaminated water. You'd never take the contaminated water, would you? You'd take what's you don't pure. You do take either. You'd, well, I, but then you'll die. Well, eventually. Sure. But, but you're offered two choices, water and life or contamination and death, which one are you going to take? Well, if you want to put it by that center, I'll take the water. But sure, I mean, because you understand what it is. So well, I mean, I understand what both things are. I understand what Jesus is. I mean, that's not the problem. It's just I'm fine with what I'm doing. But see, Jesus, here's, and let me put it this way. Jesus is the living water. The way you're living right now is death. It's contamination. And you're choosing death and contamination because you don't understand yet that Jesus is Well, life. not everybody makes the most logical choice. It just depends by what you want to make it on. I mean, there's right. plenty of people who made the, the, they make the decision that seems dude, right. you're a smart guy. Why would you choose death? Because you may die to, well, I may die tomorrow, but in the meantime, I'm having a good time today, so. But, but 
But see, that's that's what I'm trying to stress with you. You think you're having a good time. There's something better. There's something. There's always that, something better. better. But I mean, at this point, what I have right now is fine by me. I'm not going to go for more. I'm not going to go for less. And the day where I realize what I'm doing is wrong, well, maybe that day. But this present day, then no. Okay. So you understand that if you would die, you're yeah. going to hell. I understand that. And you also understand that this day Jesus offers you life. I understand that too. But you're willfully rejecting it. I understand that. Okay. Kind of breaks my heart. Well. But it's you, you know, you're your own man. Yeah, exactly. You know, I can't club you or, you know, drag you into a cult or something. Yeah. You're your own man. Please note this though, Philip, that in hell, sometimes people think it maybe won't be so bad. I'm more of that. I'm more of that. Jesus I mean. made it clear that there are... There's worse sufferings in hell for some people more than others. There's two classes of people that will, or there's two ways that you can suffer more in hell. One way is by sinning more. So, I mean, if you're just a raging fornicator and a murderer and a rapist, you're probably going to get it worse than your your typical tax. That's all he says. Tax bank, sure he does. No, all sins are equal before God. Uh, no, that's not what he says at all. That in hell, there will be some places and some people who suffer more because of the number of their sins. Matthew 12. But there's also another class of people who will suffer even more in hell, based not on just on their sins, but on their knowledge. It'll be worse for you on the day of judgment because you know the truth. I'll deal you, with you that know, when the day comes. I know, but I just want you to be aware that because of this present knowledge, you will be judged more severely and punished more severely simply because you knew the truth and you rejected it. All right. Well, here's, you know, this is what I'm going to pray for about you, Philip. Ready for this? Yeah. But the next time you engage in sin because you think it's fun, I'm, I'm praying that your conscience is going to torment you and make you nuts and make you go, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. That's my prayer for you. Okay. That your conscience will be awakened and that you're going to go, this is just stupid. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Philip. Much appreciate it. Thanks for the yeah, chat, man. That. All right. We'll see you. Goodbye. It's Witness Wednesday at Georgia Tech. This is Wretched Radio. And it's time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start from across the pond where a British street preacher is appealing his conviction for misgendering. That's right. It is a crime, like a real crime now in the UK if you refer to someone by their biological gender. And this preacher, the worst of the worst. He's got to get taken off the streets. I mean, what kind of person thinks telling someone the truth is okay? Especially... In our current culture, where so many things aren't allowed, like a Washington State teacher who recently said that schools should keep information about children away from their Christo-fascist parents. Yeah, so if you're a Christian parent in Washington State, you're also a fascist, at least in the eyes of this particular teacher. No morals or values, but those of the state shall be deemed appropriate. Isn't that the very definition of fascism? But there is a bit of good news sprinkled in among the chaos. The governor of Utah, Spencer Cox, is planning to sign a new pro-life law that could functionally eliminate abortion in the state. So good on Utah and Governor Cox. That's one example of what it means to stand firm in your beliefs. But there also is an example of what cowering to the cultural mob looks like. And it comes from the NBA's Toronto Raptors, who recently decided that they needed to apologize for a Women's History Month video which said that only females give birth. It is so sad that someone, an organization, feels the need to apologize for stating an obvious fact. 
And speaking of sad, a California Health Center is now discreetly mailing chest binders to 12-year-old girls. Forget about puberty being a natural process. You know, what I, what I think I figured out is this current culture we're living in right now, this is what we need to call the gaslighting era, the gaslighting age, because society, culture is detached from reality, but doing everything it can to make sane people feel like we're the ones that have lost it. No, we're actually the ones that are still sane. But if you're feeling overwhelmed by all of this, don't worry, don't worry, I have good news for you. There's now a new trend, a TikTok trend called Bare Minimum Mondays, where people are encouraging each other to just take it easy on the first day of the work week. Because, you know, why bother working hard if you can just do the bare minimum? Look, don't fall into that trap. That's just laziness and slothfulness. And as Christians, everything we do, we do for the Lord. But speaking of TikTok, and on a more serious note, the Biden administration looks to be getting behind a bipartisan bill that would actually ban TikTok in the U.S. You know, I seem to remember a certain former president raked over the coals as racist for suggesting the very same thing. <laughs> what selective memories we have. And that's your Wretched News. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Know your church fathers. Jerome was a 4th century Christian theologian and one of the original four doctors of the church. His most important work was the Latin Vulgate, a translation of the scriptures from Hebrew and Greek into Latin, the vernacular of his day. The Vulgate remained the preeminent translation of the Bible for a millennium. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. There are two fellows sitting underneath a tree witnessing the two Never easy, but let's give it a go, shall we? Gentlemen, I hate to interrupt this. Could I interrupt it, though, for just a moment and ask you a couple of questions on the radio? You up for that today? Um, I've already talked to you before. Is that uh, right? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Where were we? You were we? wearing sunglasses and we were over there. That's where we were. You remember? Yeah. What did we talk about? Well, um, we talked about, uh, you mentioned that uh, I might have a career as a radio announcer, and I mentioned that I couldn't possibly match your voice, sir. <laughs> it's not about the voice. Yeah, but what else did we talk about? There was more that we talked about. Um, well, Wait, I, have so my, uh, I have to ask my friend here if he wants uh, to get into this conversation, because I don't spend a lot of time with him, and uh, I would hate to be uh, as rude as to just join a different conversation. Then I'll do, then I'll do okay, but quickly launch us. What was the topic that we talked about? <laughs> Right. What was it? You remember it, don't you? Uh, yes, yes. Let's see. Uh, you caught me right after a, uh, a young man asked me about uh, my faith and uh, suggested a uh, couple of uh, chapters of the Bible to take a look at. Really? I believe so. And you didn't and, do it? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. So the conversation meant nothing to you? Well, I wouldn't say that. I think if it meant nothing to me, I wouldn't have entered into the conversation in the first place. All right. Let me walk over to your buddy here so we don't ignore him. Hello, young man. What's your first name? Uh, my name's Kip. Dude, we're talking about the Bible over here. Are you a Bible-reading kind of guy? No, I'm not. How come? Um, probably due to laziness. I've tried to read it, but not hard enough. Okay. Why did you try to read it? I wanted to be able to say I'd read it because occasionally radio men pop out of sidewalks. And it happens. And, if you, and like, you would have been prepared. It would make for a better conversation. Now, aren't you yeah. sorry that you didn't read it when you were supposed to? I am regretting it a little bit. Yeah. At a dinner party and the subject comes up, you can say, seen the Ten Commandments. Expert. I've read the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Do you know what the Ten Commandments are? 
I probably couldn't list them sequentially. Not asking you to list them. What are they? What's the concept behind the Ten Commandments? A list of rules handed to us on high that we should follow. Well done. Have you followed them? Um, to the best of my ability in most cases, yes. Hmm. I've not gone out of my way to break the Ten Commandments. Are you sure? Yes. I'm sure that I have not gone out of my way to break them. I'll bet you have. Out of my way? I mean, I'm pretty I'm lazy. Not, We've already established I'm I was even, unwilling to read the Bible. I mean. Okay, let's try this one. Uh, lies. Have you have you lied before? I have. Mm-hmm. That took some energy. But I didn't go and lie with the idea of breaking the Ten Commandments. Does so that make be, a difference? Some lies take less Wait a second. We got gentlemen. Wait a second. Wait a second. This is not going to work out like this. All right. Yeah, sorry. We're going to have to get a little uh, uh, here. Yeah, I'm going to have to sit in the middle here. All right. So wait a second. What difference does it make what zip code you're in or what effort you put into lying to go with the intention of lying or just, oop, I just ended up lying? Really doesn't make a whole lot of difference, does it? The intention of your lie makes a difference, but I'm not really sure. So intention can make you innocent, even though you've done a guilty thing. If I were a criminal and I'm standing before the judge and I had, uh, I beat up my wife, but judge, I didn't intend to, what's he going to say? Uh, well, I don't think anyone would phrase it that way, but I'm pretty sure that such things motive exists. Well, I lost my head. I lost, I, I, we went out to dinner and, uh, boy, the way she behaved and I cuffed her. I didn't intend to. So we're comparing what might be an off-the-cuff lie that I might tell to you beating a, your wife. Or oh, I thought you were going to go with the cuffing, cuffing thing. That would have been a good thing. Yeah. Huh? Right? He missed that one. Oh, yeah. well. maybe, maybe that was why I said cuffing. <laughs> I were clever with mine. All right. Uh, but it doesn't make any difference, right? Okay. How's about this one? Uh, the Ten Commandments. Ah, as a child, honoring your mother and father. Yes, I think I've tried to do that. But have you done it perfectly? Uh, no. You were a naughty child. I'm not a perfect child, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't met one yet. I got three of them myself, and they're little monsters sometimes, right? So are all kids. So you probably were too, right? I guess you could say that. All right. Were you a monster as a child? Uh, uh sure, at times. Okay. All right. By the way, lying, are you innocent or guilty there? Oh, I've lied. You've lied. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making that nice and... Did you see the brevity of that answer? All right. All right. Stealing. Stolen anything? Yes. Young man? Uh, yeah, probably. All right. Let's try this one. Instead of acts outside of you, acts inside of your head. Oh, All right. Well, this is fun. Perhaps. <laughs> Lust. Have you lusted? Yes, I have lusted. All righty, young man. <laughs> I'm stuck on the all of them comment, but uh, yes. Uh-huh. So you have, you, <laughs> you've lusted. All right. So your 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 thought life isn't pure. Have you ever been just really, oh, that jerk, that idiot? Oh yeah. Just mad at somebody. Oh along. yeah. All right. And you? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that would be like murdering in the heart. You don't commit the act, but you're actually murdering the person with your words or your thoughts. I would tend to disagree there, sir. Um, there might be a part of you that wants something bad to happen to that person, but at the same time, the reason why you don't actually act on that is because you can control that. So, sure, there's part of you. You can call it your reptilian brain. You can call it the id. You can call it whatever you want, but you have control over that to some extent. So the sum of you... 
doesn't let that murderous impulse get out. But it has, though, hasn't it? You've done that. Murder someone? In your heart, just by calling them a bad name or by thinking that they're just a, a fool or a moron. All right, what do you mean by murder someone in your heart? Then? I don't think Here's what I'm saying. You're, you're driving down the road. All right? Somebody does a move that you just think is not a good one. Or it causes you to build. They're not driving as fast as you need to to get to wherever it is that you're going. And you maybe let a blue string go, or you just call them a bunch of words, or in your, you just tell you. You're not hurting them physically, but your thoughts and your words are murderous in their intent. By being unjustly angry with somebody, unjustly you murder angry. in your heart. Because it's the thought that goes behind the act of physical murder. You haven't committed the act, so this isn't perhaps as bad a crime. But it's the thought behind murder that you are actually executing. The thought behind murder. I'd say that that's just uh, very, very, very far behind murder of actually just thinking, man, that guy's an idiot. Well, but that's why people sometimes murder people. They get angry and they murder. They you, you lash out and you hurt somebody. Well, you don't go that far, but in your heart and in your mind, you are. You're murdering them in your heart. I, I haven't really talked to too many people about um, what process they went through to actually kill someone, so I honestly can't confirm or deny that statement. Um, but it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, that's what's going on. I mean, how many people murder somebody they really love? Uh, and, okay, who's not twisted? Who's not twisted? Well, it depends on if, uh, oh, is it Hickey from Eugene O'Neill's uh, The Iceman Cometh is Twisted or Not? Um Sorry, I just read that. It's on my mind. Okay, um, but the point is, you kind of get the concept, right? No, absolutely. You're not following this at all. You're making the same jump that if I stub my toe and curse blindly at the fates that cause me to stub my toe, I'm somehow murdering something? Well, I don't think you can murder an inanimate object. But somebody, have you ever had an attitude in your heart about somebody that was just kind of nasty because of the way they looked their weight, their size, their anything, their behavior, and you just thought really nasty things about them. I don't think that nasty, no. You don't do that? I don't, I wouldn't say it anywhere near murdering or even, even wishing ill harm on someone. Never done that, huh? If I would have, I think I would have reconciled it later with, ah, I was out of line. Let's try this as far as wishing for something. Coveting, desiring something that doesn't belong to you. Winning the lottery, getting that fancy car that doesn't belong to you. Have you ever coveted? I have wanted things I do not have. All right. Young man? Sure. All right. How many commandments did we just go through? Four? Five? Something like that? Uh, yeah, sure. Right. Well, something like that. About four or five? On the order, yeah. Okay, so you've broken four or five commandments. Here's my question for you. All right? Let's say you're a young man, you're a young man, but you die. Right. Although, dude, you're getting gray hair. What's up with that? You're aware of that, right? I live a very stressed life. I don't think so. My last name's great, too, so it's kind of cool. It works out. You know what that's called? Nominative determinism. I don't even know if I could say that. <laughs> nominative de- I'm not sure it applies to gray hair, but nominative determinism <laughs> is when your name sounds like something or it means something, and you go on to be that profession or live that way. I wish I would have been named awesome grad student. <laughs> uh, or, or maybe just brunette. There you go. <laughs> even better. Nice. Luscious head okay. of hair. <laughs> Well, it'd be a little wordy. Wouldn't fit hey, on most business cards. You, know, you wouldn't get hired. Hyphens are cool. Though. What's your first name? Kip. Kip. Luscious head of hair. Yeah. See, that just doesn't have anything to it. All right, gentlemen, you've broken the commandments. All right. Let's say at your young age, God calls your number. It is time for you to die. 
Every man should think about this. What's going to happen when I die? It's going to happen. It is going to happen. Uh-huh. And he's going to judge you for every thought, every word, every deed. Knowing that, that God sees everything that's going on in your heart and in your mind, every deed done in darkness, everything you failed to do, would God find you to be innocent or guilty of keeping his commandments? Mr. Gray? I would not put it in my realm of thought to guess what God would think of me. All right, guys. That's my own thing. I know I interrupted your thing here, all right? I got to do a commercial. Will you let me do that and we'll keep going with this conversation? Will you afford, afford me that? I, uh, I, me neither. And you know what? I appreciate that. So just sit tight. It's Wretched Radio. Yes, you want to save money because after all, you're a Christian and that's what we want to do. Save money, but never at the expense of our families, health, and peace of mind should a family member fall ill. That is why I'd like to commend you MediShare, the gold standard of healthcare sharing. You will save on average $500 per month as a family. How much will you save? It takes two minutes. 844-34-BIBLE. And if you think this isn't very good, you get free telehealth services with MediShare, a huge network of doctors with MediShare, and great customer support. And fellow Christians will pray for you. MediShare, 400,000 members strong. Peace of mind and savings. Simply call 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. And hello to our gospel partners. You know, we're so grateful for your support in the past, but we need you. It's kind of like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong. That's what we want to do here at Wretched. We want to be alert. We want to be firm. We want to be strong in spreading Christ to as many people as possible. So we know you've donated in the past, and we are so grateful and thankful for that. But have you considered becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? Let's be honest. Being a Wretched Gospel partner, kind of like being a superhero. You get to use your powers of generosity and support to help us fight against the darkness and spread the light of Christ. Except you don't need to wear a cape. But if you do want to wear one, I'm not going to judge you. So if you're ready to join us in standing firm in the faith, I encourage you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. All you need to know can be found at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send? How many seminaries you might support overseas? To learn more, visit wretched.org pastor. Or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org Bible. Books of the Bible. 
Luke was a physician and companion of Paul, who wrote an orderly account of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He meticulously details names, places, and events. Luke shows great concern for people of every class, especially overlooked or undesirable people. We are all from various places and classes, but Jesus Christ is the Savior for all mankind. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. All right, gentlemen, here's, here's, here's where we left off, if you recall. I was trying to appeal to your conscience, that little courtroom in your brain that says, I did something wrong. Oh, yeah. And that conscience seems to exist globally, which is an interesting observation. Yeah, that everybody seems to understand that there's lying is bad, murder is bad, stealing is bad, that there are certain things that are bad. I was trying to appeal to your conscience, really outside of the Bible even, okay. that there's something inside of us that says, yes, it is right that justice takes place and that wrongdoers give an account and are punished for their behavior. I'm trying to appeal to that inside of you. Wrongdoers should be punished for their behavior. Uh, I agree. I believe it's the best way to teach them. Now, what I'm trying to persuade you in the most gentle, loving way that I possibly can is that you guys are wrongdoers. That's what I'm trying to persuade you of. That you guys are guilty criminals just like me. I would certainly agree, and I think that's true of anything that isn't a comic book. All right. Would you agree that you are a, if you will, a guilty criminal of breaking the Ten Commandments, the laws that you knew inside of you were wrong? Yes. All right. So, guys, Justin, don't go anywhere yet, dude. I'm not going anywhere yet. All right. So, justice says you should get something, you've earned something for yourself, and that would be punishment. Dude, while this life can be hard and it can be bad... It's a not, I mean, what did you just eat? A 10-inch pizza sitting there? Uh, this was one slice of a 16-inch pizza that was made yesterday. Okay, and you had some sort of cherry cobbler thing in your backpack there? Life is sweet. Oh, uh, yeah. Life life is sweet for me. I okay. mean, any pain I go through is nothing compared to about probably 50% of the planet at least. All right, now let me try an analogy. See which one of you can get this first, all right? I'm going gi- to give you a story, so figure this out, all right? If I tell a lie to my daughter... Do you know what's going to happen to me? She's 14. Do you know what's going to happen to me? Probably nothing. Bingo. Now, I'm going to tell a lie to my wife. Do you know what's going to happen to me, Kip? Uh, No, I do not. I'm probably going to sleep on the couch. All right? Now, let's say I told a lie to my boss. Do you know what's going to happen to me for lying to my employer? You'll probably get fired. I tell a lie to the government. It's called treason sometimes. Sometimes. The government can put me in jail. Or it can kill you. Or it can kill me. Now, here's what I've done. I've committed the same crime four times, but I've received a more severe punishment each time. What changed in my little tale? Who is dealing out the punishment? Wow, you're fast. Again, okay, who is dealing out the punishment? The one against whom I committed the crime. I committed the same crime, but it was against, if you will, a greater entity, and therefore the punishment is more severe. Are we tracking together, fellas? Are you with yes. me, Kim? Am I logicking this? Now, let's say that God is the creator and maker of my child, my wife, my boss, and the government, and he runs everything in the universe. He is more powerful, more lofty, more exalted than any of them. If I tell a lie and it's a crime against him, all of a sudden my punishment should become infinitely horrible. Same crime, but I've committed it against a greater entity. Therefore, my punishment is exceedingly bad. 
against an infinite person? Certainly. Um, based off the logic you just threw out there, the uh, greater the person, the bigger the punishment should be. Okay, so your lying, gentlemen, was against God. And your lusting was a crime against God. And if you've ever done worse than that, and don't even nod at me, if you've looked at pornography or if you fornicated, it was against God. If you have ever been naughty with your parents, which you have, it was a crime against God. If you've ever taken his name in vain, instead of thanking him, you used his name in a profane way. He says, I will not hold him blameless who takes my name in vain, because it's holy. So if you've done any of those crimes, which you have, and they're committed against God, which they are, the punishment that you deserve is exceedingly bad. It's called, anybody want to fill in the blank? I'm, I'm going to go with hell. It's going to go with hell. All right, so guys, you die. I'm not trying to be presumptive. I'm just trying to think this through. <laughs> I think it's a safe presumption to say that we're all going to die. We're all going to die, but if we're all guilty before God, we all deserve hell. Living in that world, yeah. Okay, and that is the world we're living in. I, right. I wouldn't agree with you there. Okay, um, but at the I same know time, you don't, but I'm trying to reason with you. Okay. All right, now, that's not why I came to the campus today. I did not come here to tell you that you're going to hell. You are, but that's not why I came here, okay? I came here with something different. I came here to reason with you, to maybe awaken that courtroom in your brain that says, I'm guilty, I've done wrong things, and I know it. I know I'm dirty inside, and I know I got a problem. I've come today to give you the solution to the problem. God's solution to your problem, and if you ever went to church as a kid, is that God, the just judge, must give you what you've earned for yourself, but he is kind. And he's merciful and he's gracious, but he's got to punish you because he's just. So we got tension going on right now. God looks down. He sees you a sinner and he goes, I got to punish him because that's what he's that's what he's earned from me. But I'm loving and I love Kip and I love I, what did you say? Riley, 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 the Irish sort of hyphenated last sort of, name yes. guy. I love Riley and I love Kip, but I got to punish him because I'm just. So we got tension here. So the way that God came up with a plan to be just and the justifier of those that he he forgives is to punish his son on your behalf. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, as a representative for you because he took on human form, but he's God himself, took the punishment of man, which was really God using men to pour out his wrath on his own son on your behalf, died on a cross, taking the punishment that you deserve so that if you gentlemen will listen to your conscience and agree with God, I'm a sinner, I'm not a good man, I'm a bad man, and I deserve his punishment. You turn from your sins, it's called repentance, and you put your trust in Jesus Christ. The goodness of Jesus will be credited to your account. It's the great exchange. God punishing the good man for the bad man. God taking the bad man's sins and putting them on the good man so that you could be forgiven and God can forgive you and still be just at the same time. So he can show justice and mercy and compassion all together. Jesus died for the ungodly, for you, sinners. And if you don't respond to this message of good news, then he will give you what you deserved. But this day he offers peace. The terms are repent and trust his son lest he be angry. And he will settle the score because of what Jesus did on your behalf and you will be forgiven and more than that you will be credited with the righteousness of Jesus because he kept all of the laws and the Ten Commandments his entire life that you couldn't keep he did 
and God will credit those to your account too. It is called the good news of the gospel, what I just gave to you. You should be very afraid of hell, but this is important. You should not turn to him and put your trust in his son because you're scared of hell. You should turn to him and put your trust in him because he has been so kind to make a way for you, to die for you and save you from hell. He wants you to come to him in tears, not just scared of hell. He wants you to come to him recognizing what a kind God that would save somebody like me. That is God's desire, to save you. That, by the way, gentlemen, while you're studying here at Georgia Tech, that's your purpose in life, is for God to save you. He desires to save you so that he can point to you as a demonstration of his kindness, so that God can be seen as a good God by saving a guy like you and a guy like you and a guy like me. That's your purpose in this world, is to glorify God by repenting and trusting his son. That's why I came here, was to let you know that there is a good news story. Now, now we're done and I'm walking away. And last time I walked away from you and I didn't like track you or put a chip into you to follow you or get you into my cult. Or to, or to get money from you guys. We'll probably never see each other again. Maybe we'll bump into each other again, my sort of Irish friend. Maybe we'll bump into each other. You've got an Irish. Kip is Irish too, isn't it? It's. Uh, I couldn't say my name is child. I'm Christopher. Ah, isn't that ironic? Okay, so it comes from Christ. Yeah, no, I, I, I got the Irish. From. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. might not have been able to do the cuff pun, but but you got that <laughs> one. Yeah, that was all right. A little bit more straightforward. So, gentlemen, that's that's what I wanted to share with you. And now I'm done. And now the ball is in your court, if you will. You need to figure out if what this stranger said was true, because if it's not right. Whoop-de-doo. But if what I'm proclaiming to you is true, then these this day, God, in his amazing kindness, offers you salvation. And he will save you this day if you will repent and trust him. If not, you will live your life filling up the cup of God's wrath, sin by sin, blasphemy by blasphemy, neglect by neglect. And then one day when he calls your number, he will pour out the cup of his wrath on you because you've earned it for yourself and he's going to give you exactly what you deserve. So peace or war is the choice. You can be reconciled to God or stay at enmity with him. I'm proclaiming to you the terms of peace, repentance and faith in his son. So all I can do, guys, is plead with you to think about it. Okay? All right? Guys, you're smart, right? Please think about it. Your soul is precious to you. You wouldn't sell me one of your eyes for a million dollars. I know it. And neither would you, Kip. Now imagine, you wouldn't sell me an eye for a million bucks. Your soul looks out the window of your eye. What is the value of your soul? Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his very soul? There's no reason to lose your soul when he offers you peace. Fair enough? I'm done preaching. All right. I have no idea what's going on in their hearts right now or their minds. All I can do is, is proclaim it, and that's all you can do, too. Don't ever forget that you, dear Christian friend, are not the converted. Until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>